you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of The Hash is sponsored by PayPal. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey there. Welcome to The Hash here on Coindesk TV and the Coindesk Podcast Network. It's a happy Tuesday. I'm Zach Seward. We got Wendy O. We got Will Foxley. And we got Jen Sanasi. We're going to get you up to speed. And I'm going to toss it straight to Wendy for our first story of the day. What do you got? Yay! We finally have a good, positive uh, media piece on Binance, which I'm very excited about because it seems that many mainstream media outlets have just absolutely gone after them ever since the start of last bull market. And I wonder why that could be. Anyways, let's talk about it. Binance sets up Bitcoin Lightning nodes to ease deposits and withdrawals. They've started their Lightning nodes ahead of supporting Bitcoin's Lightning network for deposits and withdrawals and said there's still some more tech work to be done, and they're going to be providing an update once Lightning is fully integrated. Will, should I explain what Lightning Network is, or do you want to do it? I think yours might be a little bit more technical than mine. It's your turn. It's your turn. I I do too many of these on the show. It's your turn. All right. So basically, Lightning Network is another (laughs) layer that's built on top of Bitcoin, and it facilitates transactions a lot faster. However, it is not as secure as the original Bitcoin network because it is a layer on top of the Bitcoin network. But it still is needed for adoption because who wants to wait sometimes six hours, 10 hours for your Bitcoin transaction to go through, especially if you're degening with BRC20 tokens or Bitcoin ordinals. Zach? Like who to thunk that scaling the Bitcoin Lightning Network would only have taken insane and intense regulatory pressure that is forcing Binance to process withdrawals far faster than it had been able to in the past. Who'd have thought the SEC is really what scaled Bitcoin. And now we see a bit more lightning adoption because of it. That to me is the story. Might be a hot take. No, I agree with you. I think there's some fun things in here, like some Easter eggs. So back in March through April, we had intense pressure on Bitcoin because of ordinals. A lot of people were inscribing JPEGs on top of Bitcoin. There was this thing called BRC20 tokens that took off during that time. Basically, this very odd token implementation on top of Bitcoin where people are trying to mint tokens on top of Bitcoin. That was the first time ever this has really occurred in that native fashion. And since so many people were trying to do this, this increased the fee pressure on top of Bitcoin. Inside a Bitcoin block, you can put only so much data. 
and how, how much data is decided to go inside a block is basically decided by fees of I outbid you, then my transaction gets to go inside the Bitcoin block. And then I get to mint my BRC20 token or inscribe my sat with a picture of whatever I want it to be. And that caused fee pressure to go up quite a bit. I mean, we hit a spot where it was higher than the last bull market or almost comparative to the last bull market in terms of fees, like $50 transaction fees wasn't like absurd at the time. And so when we look at some of these exchanges, which are used to lower fees, batching transactions, setting it out, that sort of stuff, it's kind of painful at the moment, especially for Binance. Binance even tweeted at the time that there was uh, problems with the Bitcoin main chain. So they were going to halt withdrawals of Bitcoin. They got slapped around on Twitter a little bit because people were like, hey, Bitcoin's fine. It's just expensive to use at the moment. Hey, maybe you should implement Lightning. We've had that for a while. So that sort of kicked everything off since then. They've been working on Lightning. That being said, it's not done yet. Lightning takes a while to work on. It's pretty dynamic, to say the least. And Wendy was sort of hinting at it. It's like maybe less less secure in some ways. Uh, There's definitely only like some ways they want to use it versus like you want to use the main chain. A few things still to work on. Jen? Yeah, I mean, I I think you hit the nail right on the head, right? That Binance hinted back in May, I think it was the beginning of May, that they were going to be doing this because the exchange had to pause transactions and there was, you know, all of this traffic and now they're doing it. I think that they are taking the opportunity that some people notice these nodes to come out and speak publicly and let everyone know that they're not only facing regulatory scrutiny in a ton of different jurisdictions, they are still continuing on. They are still meeting their business milestones. They're going to implement the Bitcoin Lightning Network and there's still positive news coming out of the exchange. That said, I don't think we can ignore all of the regulatory scrutiny that Binance is getting, right? We talk about that mainstream adoption and how this is going to allow for uh, faster transactions, albeit less secure. But for that mainstream adoption, your exchange needs to be available where people are. And so I think that this is a little bit of, you know, them leveraging some of the positive news that is coming out of the exchange and them taking the opportunity to, to leverage that because it's not the first time we've heard that they will be implementing this. Zach? I was just going to say, it's interesting to see this kind of becoming industry standard, right? Kraken does this, Bitfinex does this. I think there was some noise from Coinbase that they were potentially going to do this. So the idea that this is becoming a bit uh, a bit normal for crypto exchanges, I think is certainly interesting to watch. There's been longtime sort of criticism of Lightning for not really scaling itself very effectively, even though it's been around for a number of years now. So to see these exchanges sort of jump into this technology and provide sort of a much needed boost for this scaling technology I think it's fascinating to watch. Bit, I think like Lightning specifically around the interest in Bitcoin of late um, has certainly become a bigger part of the conversation. You have LightSpark, which is uh, David Marcus's outfit. Uh, you have Strike, uh, which is, I think, Jack Mahler's outfit, obviously using uh, Bitcoin Lightning Rails to snap money all over the globe quickly and cheaply. So um, interesting to see some of the stuff come true, right? As demand for Bitcoin block space increases, so too does demand for using the Lightning Network to accomplish some of these goals. Um, and if this becomes sort of a, uh, a standard feature of the crypto exchange space, that's uh, certainly good for uh, the layer two conversation around Bitcoin. I got to toss to Wendy for her final thoughts on this one, though. I just love blocks. I think that they're awesome. I like building with blocks. I like inscribing um, with blocks. And I like colorful blocks. So make Bitcoin fun again. What a great way to end that segment. And Wendy, I saw the tinfoil tiara on your head and now it's gone. Uh, I'll wait because I've, I've got some hot back. takes coming. I've got okay, some good. hot takes. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Do Kwan. 
He's been sentenced to four months in jail in Montenegro for document forgery. The court has also ordered the confiscation of two Costa Rican passports, two Belgian passports, and two ID cards belonging to Quan and terror executive Han Chang Jun. Well, I'm going to toss this one off to you. Looks like Do Quan is going to be in jail for a couple of months. He's still facing extradition to South Korea and the U.S. What do you make of these this news? I just love a Do Quan update. Good Do Quan update. Remember we had like that running segment of like where in the world was Do Quan? We were kind of like mm-hmm. thinking about where he might be. Well, we found him. He's in Montenegro and he had a bunch of false passports for a few different countries like Costa Rica and Belgium. And turns out you can't do that. You might go to jail if you do that. So he went to, to jail for a little bit and then they went through sort of like this process of like, are you guilty or not? And now he is guilty and he's going to prison for four months. And after that four months in jail from prison, guess what he gets? Probably gets extradited to either South Korea or the US. So we will see what happens with that. More than likely, Montenegro is going to allow his extradition to one of these two countries to face alleged charges uh, for his role in the Terra Luna collapse. Both situations look pretty rough for him where he would want to go, either South Korea or the United States. Obviously, the SEC is up in arms against these things, and it's a lot of prison time, but also looks like it's about the same in South Korea. The one thing that's sort of interesting to me running out of this is kept alleging that you know, we weren't really running from the law, but still they had false passports. So at what point do you like stop lying? At what point do you say like, okay, you got me. Uh, I was on the run. Here you go. I have false passports. I don't know. Zach? What was that? What was that tweet? It's like your size is not size. Was that a Doquan one? Like your size is not size for passports, allegedly fake passports. Like the, the man's the man's passport bag is immense. So I don't know. This seems to be sort of like closure to some of the mean tweets that Doquan put out when he was riding high. and now. He has to go spend some time in a Montenegrin jail. That's not great. But yeah, what comes next? I think you're right, Will. That's really the big question. Jen, I saw your hand. Yeah, I just wanted to add this a tidbit. According to a Fortune crypto story that cited the South Korean news agency, Do Kwon is still saying that the documents he had were not fake. And it just reminds me of that interview he did when, when this all kicked off. And he said, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know what was going on. And it just feels like maybe his strategy is to deny, deny deny. I don't know how you can be sitting in jail for having false documents and still be saying that the documents are not fake. Now, this was from a South Korean news agency, and I do not read Korean, so I could not verify it myself. But that was a report that I read this morning. Wendy, what do you think? Well, don't sociopaths, don't they just keep denying and denying and denying and people that commit really bad crimes, they will take it to their grave. So I don't know. I feel that this is not a this is kind of a nothing burger. You would expect somebody as high profile as him to do something like this, to obtain fake identification, etc. I feel like I'm going to play the devil's advocate over here. And I'm going to say I actually feel very, very bad for his wife and child because I believe he had a child. And I understand there's a lot of people that lost money. And that's absolutely terrible. My Luna bag went to zero, which, you know, I was expecting anyways. Um, But I feel like that's the real loser in this case is he he hurt his family and his, you know, who knows when he's going to be able to see his, especially his young children when he's going to be able to see them again. So I think that it's very sad. I think it's very sad for the crypto industry. And four months is not really a whole lot of time, but he'll probably spend the rest of his life incarcerated because somebody is going to need to place the blame on somebody for the actions, even if the whole thing wasn't 100% his fault. Because I feel like there's a lot of other players in this. And we've seen that with the crypto contagion, all of these big companies are kind of tied together. And with all of the 
big banks coming into play. Was this or was this not orchestrated? And that's where the tinfoil hat comes in. A lot of these things are coincidental here, but Zach, go ahead. Yeah, four months also times out nicely to October, which is when the SVF trial starts. And I think both these guys are sort of saying, hey, we didn't do fraud. We just messed up really, really bad. And it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see if any of that works in the court of law. I don't think it necessarily will, but that does seem to be sort of the line of argument. It's like, hey, it's not fraud. We just messed up and it was a ton of money. Like, sorry that our blockchain ecosystem entered a death spiral. Sorry that we annihilated a ton of value over FTX and Alameda Ventures. Yeah, I'm watching to see if any of that sort of carries water or if that will be the defense or if something new will emerge uh, toward the end of the year for both these guys who featured so prominently, I think, in the major downturn of the crypto world. Crazy times. Also on that note about the kid, I think her name is Luna, if I recall. So that is also a sad twist of fate. Attention crypto holders, moving crypto is seamless and secure with PayPal. With support for Bitcoin, ETH, and more, you can buy, sell, hold, send, and check out with crypto at millions of shops online. Not to mention, PayPal now supports the ability to send to and from external wallets and charges you nothing when transferring between PayPal and Venmo crypto wallets. Whether you're exploring the world of Web3 or hodling on for another day, PayPal is the convenient and simple way to convert dollars into crypto. PayPal has your back. They work to protect your financial info and give you confidence every step of your crypto journey. Now's the time to make your crypto move. Get started today at paypal.com slash crypto. Terms and conditions apply. Joe Tsai, he's the owner of the Nets and he's now chairman of Alibaba. What does this have to do with crypto? Well, Joe Tsai likes crypto. That's according to a tweet, that exact phrasing. He just said, I like crypto. And now we know that as someone in Alibaba, a huge Chinese conglomerate with a lot of firepower and capital behind it, is a fan of crypto. There's a few other details about Josiah and what he likes in terms of crypto. We know that he was involved in Polygon's round back in March of 2022. A few other investments. Katie and Spencer Dinwiddie used to be on his team and they were both involved with crypto. That's all we know so far. But I think a lot of people are looking at this news and thinking, hey, maybe we got someone who will buy our bags once again. Wendy? I just want to say, I like his name a lot, Josai. It sounds like super cool, like maybe a superhero or whatnot, but it's probably because he also likes crypto and I am very much in support of people that support crypto because that's important. Um, I think this is a good story. It's a positive story. And it's very interesting to see people in other parts of the world supporting crypto while we have public servants and other people in the United States of America who don't and as always follow the money jen first of all crypto man the superhero you've just created that image in my head and that sounds amazing so yeah i hope someone gets on that soon i think it's one thing to have a crypto friendly <laughs> chairman who has done crypto friendly things outside of china and it's another thing for this chairman to be the chairman of a chinese company and we all know that for business to succeed in china you have to play by the government's rules or it's just not going to work out. It didn't work out for Uber. It didn't work out for Coca-Cola for a long time, albeit they've re-entered the market with government support. And so I, I think it's great that he likes crypto, but I think the bigger story here is that he's still operating in China and China is not friendly to crypto. They're not friendly to mining. I think this is interesting, though, that Alibaba has made a few plays in the NFT space. Beijing seems to be warming up to NFTs in the metaverse. There was this Web3 white paper that was published 
I don't know when it was published. I think it was like a few months ago. Recently, we'll say recently. It wasn't written by government officials, but it was written by tech companies who are backed by government. And there's a lot of mention there about how Web3 can be used from like a brand perspective to help create these immersive experiences for consumers and how NFTs can be used for that. And so I believe that Alibaba could could move in that direction, but it's not going to look the same as, you know, the metaverse and NFTs on this side of the world. And that is my very lukewarm take on this story, Zach. I'm calling BS on this one. The evidentiary <laughs> record on this one is weak. Will, you're like, yes, he tweeted, I like crypto one time. And then some dudes on the nets also like crypto. All right. The Polygon investment. I get it. Alibaba. Like it's played in Web3 a little bit in the last cycle. Come on, man. This is like grasping for straws. This is like a high degree of like crypto copium right now. It's like, oh, size in charge now. China loves crypto. We're going to do this. It's back. The, the ban is over. Like, yes, they're going to they're deliver us to the promised land. I don't see this one. I'm not buying Maybe. this one. Maybe, Zach. I don't know. Maybe I'm, something. I'm, I'm, I'm batting this one down. I'm <laughs> There's a Web3 white paper. <laughs> Jen is the most bullish of bulls. You get the market could go on 50% I, I a day. She'd be like, I got oh, it. it's bullish. I got to bring the positive energy. I can count on, on you, Will, to always take the like Debbie Downer side opinion. and Zach to kind of balance us all out. And Wendy's got the tinfoil tiara. We we gotta we gotta lean into got our strengths. You know, bring the bring the entertainment value. So I think that China absolutely hates crypto. They hate Web three. They hate all of that aspect, especially DeFi, because it's not something that they're able to control. So I feel that their approach is to push some of it through, but have it to where they still have complete control. And they're also playing like 4D chess with the US. Like the US is so far behind when it comes to tech. It's like almost laughable at this point. But again, there's some specific regions, Hong Kong and other areas that seem to be a little bit more pro crypto. And I think that um, Mr. Sai, I feel like Joe Sai, I feel like he probably has to be very careful as to what he says or how much of what he says, especially publicly because of where he is located in his company and all of those aspects. So I think that this is an exciting bullish thing, but at the same time, you have to be very, very, very careful when you're talking about ivory towers and people that are in charge of these big, big companies and have these ties to the public servants because they're just here for profit. I don't think they really care about the underdogs or retail or, you know, anti-censorship technology, et cetera. I think that they're just here for the money. Hot take. We love to have them. Thank you, Crypto Wendy O. All right. That's it for that one. Let's change gears. Let's go to some other. She's got the tinfoil TR on and I'm going to throw it to her because this next one is a banger. Let's do this. EDX is sort of a uh, TradFi friendly crypto exchange set to go live. And it comes at an interesting time at which incumbent crypto exchanges are under assault from Gary Gensler's SEC. So there's a lot of chatter out here that the forces uh, in power are seeking to deliver the crypto to the TradFi, to the Wall Street people that they're far more friendly with uh, relative to those crypto folks. So anyway, the CEO of EDX was on Coindesk TV fairly recently. Here's what he had to say about what this development means. I think what we're finding is that there are a large number of investors that are on the sidelines because they're a little bit nervous about opening up an account at, uh, at, at a new institution. And that if their existing broker dealer, uh, if their existing uh, financial firm offered crypto trading, then they would, uh, they would invest. And so we think that there's a lot of investors on the sideline that this will bring in. 
That was EDX CEO Jamil Nasrali back in September of 2022, speaking about getting folks off the sidelines and into crypto investing. This comes at an interesting time. We saw a lot of news around Prometheum getting a special purpose broker-dealer license in accordance with SEC Chair Gary Gensler's views on how stuff should be licensed in the crypto space. So I got to toss it to the tinfoil tiara queen. Wendy, break it down for me. What's really happening here? What's really happening is, is again, China this year, this year and early last year, China completely did a like, I'm just going to say it's like a 720. I don't even know if that's symmetric or not um, for as far as what I'm trying to talk about. But they publicly changed their stance on what's happening. I think it's all the timing is very interesting that we've seen the SEC unjustly attack a lot of these big companies, some of the more compliant ones in the US with their anti-guidance measures. And it just seems to me that the big banks and the traditional finance people, they want to come in, they want a slice of the pie. They probably waited until the crypto contagion was almost finished before they kind of got their feet wet, which was a very, very smart business move for them. Because could you imagine if they had gotten really into bed with FTX while this entire thing happened? And maybe these big TradFi folks, maybe they knew that there was a problem with FTX and um, all of this shadiness was happening. So I don't know. I think that a lot of this is planned out. I think that the what's going to end up happening in America is crypto innovation is going to get decimated and destroyed. It's going to get a lot of it's going to get pushed overseas because the SEC is going to make it very, very, very hard. And a lot of the other public servants are going to make it hard for people to build. A lot of folks will just simply move overseas. And then we will have some, you know, we will have a couple crypto assets that we can invest in so that these big um, TradFi companies are able to profit off of it. But it's really not built for retail. It's going to be more built for accredited investors and those with money. Um, I think I disagree with the gentleman on Cam, what he said um, prior to that from EDX. This is going to be marketed to the people with money. The retail and people like myself, the underdogs, we could have simply used Coinbase, Crack, and some of these other crypto asset exchanges more than fine that weren't an issue. But again, there's money to be made and America is not what it once used to be. And if you want to do business here, you got to have money if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. If not, you're probably going to fail. Well, I think I saw your hand. I think I disagree with you. I, I think it's a good point that there's going to be people who need a traditional broker or need like whoever they normally have. Like there's a huge part of this population, especially uh, the folks that are going now into retirement. They have a lot of capital. They're sitting on it, and you know they have an interest in getting to Bitcoin, but they have no idea how to do it. Like they don't know how to open a wallet. They don't know how to open Coinbase. Like Coinbase is freaky to them. They're like, "What is Coinbase?" Never heard of that. But they know what Fidelity is because it's been around since they were kids. So. They want to invest in it. This is the most simple way for them to do it. And it, they needed some sort of like bridge between Coinbase and Binance, these companies that everyone in the crypto space knows about. And then these traditional exchanges and traditional brokers have been around for decades, right? Like there had to be some sort of gateway between the two of them. And I think it's actually bullish for both sides, right? Because there's going to be people who come in who have an interest in purchasing these assets. And then there's going to be like the incumbents in the crypto space, like the Coinbase and other exchanges that now are able to sell additional products to these TradFi guys and make a ton of money. Like Coinbase is not unhappy that they're servicing these companies, right? In fact, they're probably really happy and going to be able to hire more people. And that's just going to orange pill more people into crypto for the first time. Zach? Got to wrap it there. Good stuff. Fresh on the heels of BlackRock and certainly institutional interest. I'm Zach, Jen, Wendy, Will. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.